This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, we are back, cruising into episode 17 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter, at RayGQ, and that's Q-U-E. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. Have an authentic Ladanian Tomlinson Chargers jersey that I need to give away before the end of the month. Please DM the show for details if you have not already entered, but today... I am very excited to talk to a guest who's been on the DDP in the past as one of my co-pilots, and we had a great episode where we did a 2019-2020 rookie combined two-round mock draft. It was a snake draft. I believe that episode was episode eight, so if you have not heard that one, please check it out. We did a really good job on that show, giving you sort of what we thought the 2020 draft would look like with some 2019 picks mixed in as well. But this guy is a writer for Fantasy Life Blog, a Debbie writer and ranker for Dynasty Football Factory, a Dynasty writer for Dynasty Nerds, one of the most engaging guys on Twitter as far as the fantasy football community is concerned. My man, my guy, welcome as my co-pilot again, Kyle Matthew. How you doing, Kyle? How's it going, my man? Thank you so much for having me on again. Uh, Ever since we recorded our two-round Debbie mock draft, month or two ago i've been dying to get back on i am pumped to talk to debbie prospects thank you so much my man looking forward to it yes sir yes sir and kyle and i are recording on saturday it's saturday afternoon so we're both really excited for the uh miami versus florida game this evening so kyle just real quick is there anybody in particular you're you know interested in looking at and i know that you've got kind of a a biased take on this one but just for for the people out there is there anybody that you think we need to have on our debbie ra- uh, radars uh, for the next couple of years yeah for sure man um a couple guys that i'm keeping my eye on we're starting off with you know florida running back michael p ryan now with jordan scarlett gone he'll have the opportunity to Handle, handle those work workhorse touches. So he's kind of someone I'm keeping an eye on. We also have Brevin Jordan, Miami tight end, number nine, just someone to keep an eye on. Super highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Had a pretty impressive freshman season, heading into his sophomore year. Definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on in this game. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you know any of the listeners know, but I'm actually a student at UF. I'm recording this on campus right now so the atmosphere is absolutely nuts so i am just pumped beyond belief to watch this game tonight so what kyle is really saying is ray hurry the hell up so i can get ready to watch this game <laughs> so we'll uh we'll go ahead and get into the meat of the show i'm pretty excited as well I, i'm i'm particularly interested in watching cj henderson versus uh jeff thomas and brevin jordan of course you know scouting those college tight ends are really difficult but miami's had a a good run with tight ends historically in the past. And I am excited about Brevin Jordan, but Kyle for the non Debbie crowd out there. And, you know, I I don't say that as a slight, but there are so many college football games that happen, you know, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. And I mean, we've even next week, we've got games on Sunday and Monday, but for those who don't have time to watch college football on, on those days, give us a few college teams that dynasty owners need to be paying close attention to, this fall because of the talent on those rosters. And for this exercise, we are going to exclude Alabama and Clemson because, yes, we know they are very good and littered with talent. So, Kyle, give us two teams that people should be paying attention to this fall. For sure, man. I'll start off with Minnesota. Um, Minnesota Gophers, I'm going to start off with Tyler Johnson, wide receiver. He's 
bit of an older guy heading into his senior year, looking at his freshman stats, 150 yards, one touchdown. Sophomore year, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. Junior year, over 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. This guy is just getting better every single year. Like I mentioned earlier, a little bit older, but this, he is as refined as they come. He's not my top wide receiver prospect in this 2020 class, but I think he's probably the best route runner. I think he's just one of the overall smartest receivers, and it really translates to his game. I'm also looking at wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Uh, he's heading into his sophomore year, but had 700 yards and six touchdowns as a freshman, so that's super eye-opening. He's a real impressive guy I'm just keeping an eye on. And then going over to the running back position, I'm looking at Muhammad Ibrahim, the starting running back for the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, he registered his freshman year, but in his first college season last year, he had 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, really impressive stat line, eligible after this upcoming season. Just, you know, three solid players, not a team that you'd really think of right off the bat that you want to watch every Saturday. But if you're flipping through channels, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Now, kind of transferring over here to to Oklahoma State. I'm going to start off with their starting running back, Chuba Hubbard. Um, he also redshirted his freshman year, but in his first college season last year, he had 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Really impressive out of catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So he's a bigger running back, so you don't really see that from a lot of the bigger running backs. He's 6'1", but he had 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns last year. May not seem crazy, but in his first college experience, that's real impressive. I'm also looking at wide receiver Tylen Wallace for Oklahoma State. Now, if you listen to any of my Debbie content, Ray, you know darn well. This is my guy right here. He's my 2020 wide receiver four and overall Debbie wide receiver six. Had a relatively quiet freshman year at Oklahoma State, but his sophomore year, he absolutely bursts onto the scene. 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. I think he's going to be one of the biggest risers this upcoming season. Him alone is, I think, a great reason to watch Oklahoma State, just Tylen Wallace alone. But throwing Chuba Hubbard in there, a team that I'm absolutely looking out for on Saturdays if I'm just flipping through channels. Couldn't agree more, man. I think both of those teams, Bateman, Johnson, Ibrahim from Minnesota, and, and Bateman, man, this as a freshman to do what he did with Tyler Johnson commanding the target share that he had in that dominated rating at over 50%. That is insane. You know, Bateman still you know, put up great numbers as a true freshman. And I think he is an ascending talent who will be considered, you know, it, he's, he's 2021 draft eligible and he will be a first round dynasty pick whenever he does matriculate onto the NFL and then going over to Oklahoma State. So Kyle, I'm in a college fantasy football draft as we speak. And I just, I selected uh, Tylen Wallace. He was my first pick. I had the 13th overall pick in that, uh, in that draft. Uh, PPR format, and Tylen Wallace was my first pick. I, I'm with you. I think that he is going to continue to rack up the numbers. And anybody that listens to me, follows me on Twitter, you guys know I have a love and admiration for Chuba Hubbard. I think this kid is a three-down threat, can run the ball out of the backfield, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, he has legitimate track speed. He was a national champion sprinter in high school. Six foot one, I think he's pushing 210 pounds right now. It's, a, it's He's got a really good opportunity with Justice Hill out of the way to sort of just make that backfield his. And if he does come out as a redshirt sophomore, he'll be one of the youngest players in the NFL. So I really like that. And Kyle, real quick, just for those naysayers out there who look at Oklahoma State wide receivers and just think the worst, what makes Tylen Wallace any different than uh, you know, Justin Blackman or uh, James Washington, Sean Woods, Darius Bowman, all of those great Oklahoma State college wide receivers who really he didn't do much of anything in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think one of the most important things that I have trouble doing sometimes when I'm watching film or even looking at stats is you have to scout the player. You can't scout the logo on the helmet. You have to scout the player's individual traits just because Tylen Wallace plays for Oklahoma State doesn't mean that he plays just like James Washington or just like Justin Blackman like you mentioned and referring to a few of those guys earlier Justin Blackman was a high first round pick in the NFL draft and he was actually really really good at the NFL level before all these off-field issues kind of got in the way and James Washington's actually someone that I'm 100% all in buying in Dynasty when I watch Tylen Wallace what I'm trying to do is instead of putting these biases to the forefront. I try to, you know, keep them in my mind because there are definitely some concerns regarding, okay, maybe is this system, does the system cater to wide receivers 
like that's an issue that a lot of people are mentioning with Baylor. Do they run a system that doesn't actually develop these wide receivers for the NFL level? That's something to definitely keep in the back of my mind, but it's, that's what it is. It's just staying in the back of my mind. What I'm keeping at the forefront is the actual player, his individual traits. I'm trying to keep the logo out of my mind when scouting players. And that's it right there. It's scout the player, not the logo. And I think we have a tendency to do that on the positive and on the negative. You know, if, if there are players who didn't pan out as well, we, we tend to look at everybody else and think that they won't pan out as well. Or conversely, if, you know, just because, you know, such and such team had great running backs historically, that doesn't always mean that's the case. So great advice. But this is the bold prediction show. We really want to focus in on a couple of different areas of Debbie and of these college football prospects leading into week one. So we are going to transition now um, into some ADP talk. And we're going to use ADP provided by Debbie Watch. Those guys do great work over there. And we're going to look at their August ADP. And they've got a top 24. We're not going to focus on the top 12. We're going to look at that next 12, uh, those next 12 guys. And I want to talk to Kyle about who from this list of 12 is going to exceed ADP expectations in 2019. Who from this list is going to disappoint their ADP expectations or ADP positioning uh, in 2019. So let me just give you a rundown of the 12 guys. It's really 13 because Trevor Lawrence is in here. So 12 skill position players. You've got Jalen Rager, wide receiver TCU. Brian Edwards, wide receiver from South Carolina. T. Higgins, wide receiver Clemson. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver USC. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Henry Ruggs, wide receiver Alabama. Najee Harris, running back Alabama. A.J. Dillon, running back Boston College. Kylan Hill, running back Mississippi State. Chuba Hubbard, running back Oklahoma State. Tylan Wallace, wide receiver Oklahoma State. Trey Sermon, running back Oklahoma. And Seth Williams, rounding out that 24, wide receiver from Auburn. So, Kyle, go ahead and kick us off. Who from this list of 12 through 24 is going to exceed their ADP expectations in 2019? One guy I'm really looking at here is... Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina with an ADP of 14. But one thing I'm really looking for when you know scouting these college wide receivers, breakout age. And Brian Edwards almost breaks that metric. He has a 17.9 breakout age. Big-bodied wide receiver, incredible body control, though, which is a combination I love seeing from these college wide receivers. Freshman year stats, 600 yards, four touchdowns. The guy just gets better every single year. 800 yards, five touchdowns his sophomore year, 850 yards, seven touchdowns his junior year. But he put up those stats with Debo Samuel commanding a huge chunk of the target share. So now that Debo is gone, Brian Edwards is going to have the opportunity to, I think, potentially jump up 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think that's well within the realm of possibilities, if not maybe even potentially likely. And to make a jump like that, warrants a jump in ADP, and that's why I see him jumping from 14 to well within the first round. Love that Brian Edwards call, and like you said, Debo Samuel is out of the way at 17.9 breakout age. You know, a lot of people, there are some people out there who think that just because a prospect stays until their senior year, you know, for some that's a downgrade. For me, when I look at Brian Edwards, I look at his skill set and what he can do and when he did it, when he broke out, and I don't, I don't hold his age or him being a senior against him. And I, I really like that call. I do think that he has that potential to rise during the pre-draft process because of his play this year. And for me, the guy that I have that I feel is going to exceed expectation is Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn, true sophomore. He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty-four pounds. All right. Last year, he only had twenty-six receptions, but he caught. Uh, five touchdowns and 539 yards, long as 62, averaged 20 and a half yards of reception. This guy is a big bodied, big play threat. And, you know, this season, uh, Jared Stenham's gone. They've got Bo Nix, the true freshman, starting. I think he's going to look towards Seth Williams' way often, early, and they're going to feed this guy the ball. I really think that his sort of 24th overall ADP will rise and he should be in consideration. You know, I, I, I couldn't, I can definitely see him going, you know, top of the second round when it's all said and done uh, late first round, as far as Debbie startup drafts, when it's all said and done after the season. So 
Brian Edwards for Kyle, Seth Williams for me. Now let's, you know, we've got to, we've got to look at the the side that people don't want to talk about too often. And that's who's not going to uh, exceed expectations or who's going to sort of uh, falter this season. And it will happen. So from this list of 12, Kyle, who do you think is going to disappoint according to their ADP in 2019? Well, I'm looking right at AJ Dillon, running back Boston College, currently has an ADP of 21. I mean, this guy started off his career at Boston College absolutely on fire. Freshman stat line, 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns. I mean, that alone is enough to vault you to the top of Debbie ADP, Debbie rankings. But take a, take a deeper look at those 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns. A.J. Dillon did not catch a single pass his freshman year. 1,600 yards, zero catches, a grand total of zero receptions, which absolutely blows my mind. I knew he didn't catch many passes in college. I looked up the stat for this podcast. And it quite literally blew me away. Absolutely nuts. And then looking at a sophomore year, really not much better. Eight catches. So if I'm looking at his entire collegiate career up to this point, AJ Dillon's averaging one catch every 66 carries, which is just as you, it's just not going to cut it for the current way the NFL is trending. I mean, the NFL is trending towards these three down guys that can stay on the field for first down, second down, and then you know you can flank him out wide on third down. AJ Dillon's just not that guy. He's a thumber between the tackles. He's an extremely athletic guy. A guy that can you know, make a difference on first and second down. But these are the types of guys that we see fall further than we think they are in the NFL draft just because the NFL doesn't value their skill set highly. And, you know, turn on the film. Sometimes there are college players that, college running backs that don't catch many passes, but it's maybe because the system that they're currently running doesn't have the quarterback throw to the running back very often. But A.J. Dillon on film is just not a great pass catcher. And I, I don't care what system you're running. There's no way you should be putting up 1,600 yards and catching the ball zero times. So he's someone I'm avoiding just because I think the NFL is trending in the exact opposite way, you know, that his game kind of supports. So you're telling us that they're not going to split a six foot, 250 pound wide uh, running back out wide, Kyle? Is that is that what you're telling us? 250 pound wide receiver? We're not going to have that at the next level. First off, that would be awesome. I'd be totally on board, but. I don't even need I don't even need to see him split out wide. I need to see him even if we're looking I formation. I mean, it doesn't even take much for the quarterback to just dump the ball off to him, maybe gain two yards on a third and fifteen, and we call it a day. We punt, but not even a single catch. I mean, that's that raises my eyebrows a little bit. I agree, and I am not an AJ Dillon fan. And just like what you said, I just do not believe his skill set is what the NFL is transitioning to. And you have to show some competency catching the ball. And I'd be I'd be crazy if I sit here on one token and knock Travis Etienne or use that you know use that as sort of a a negative to his game or Jonathan Taylor and not say the same thing about AJ Dillon. I'm 110% with you. I see him as a two-down grinder at best. And for me, the guy that I believe is going to disappoint their ADP expectation is Trey Sermon, running back from Oklahoma. Now, I like Trey Sermon, the running back. I think he is a, a good running back, not a great running back. I don't think he does anything really well, but he doesn't do anything bad. The problem with Trey Sermon in Oklahoma this year is they have three other talented running backs who are going to get the ball. You've got Kennedy Brooks, who I personally believe is the best running back of the quartet. You have the number one ranked Juco running back, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And understand, he's coming in as a junior. So it's not like, oh, I'll just sit him. They, they're they going to want to use him. And they also have a, another running back, TJ Pledger, back there, who is a very talented running back in his own right. So I just do not believe that Trey Sermon is going to get the volume in order to justify his ADP. I don't believe he'll test particularly well at the NFL Combine. So right now, I am not investing second-round Debbie Capital into uh, Trey Sermon right now. So A.J. Dillon, Trey Sermon, people that uh, Kyle and I think are going to disappoint their ADP expectations in 2019. And now we're going to talk about some Debbie prospects that we are going to put our stamp on right now as somebody who dynasty owners are going to fall in love with from the time the season kicks off next week all the way through the pre-draft process when their name is called at the NFL draft next year. Kyle, no Tylen Wallace. You can't bring him up. I know you love him. We all know you love him. So damn it, give us somebody else besides Tylen Wallace who you think dynasty owners and Debbie owners of the like are just going to fall in love with this season. 
See, I've got to admit, it hurt a little bit when I saw no Tylen Wallace in all caps on the show sheet. Hurt just a little bit, but that's okay because this next guy coming up may seem a little bit chalky, but I'm going to get a little spicy with this take, so stay on board here. But I'm looking at C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. And I know people are thinking, he's already my wide receiver two, or he's already my wide receiver three. How, how is someone going to fall in love with him? We're already in love with him. But just taking a look at C.D. Lamb's game, I don't think he is as far from Jerry Judy as we all think. And Jerry Judy is currently my Debbie 101. I think the dude's an absolute stud, and I think he's probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. But I don't think this gap between C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy is that great. Because if we're looking at C.D. Lamb, he has everything we're looking for. He has incredible body control, incredible hands extremely athletic. He's a big-framed receiver. He can go up and get the ball. I mean, this dude's a chippy player, too. He'll lay down crazy crack blocks 20 yards down the field. I mean, he has everything you're looking for from a wide receiver. I think the route running is the one big thing that kind of separates him and Jerry Judy, but it's something that C.D. Lamb has made clear that he's working on in 2019, this upcoming season. And if he can kind of hone in on that, I think he's someone that Debbie owners may love right now but they're just going to be absolutely enamored with as the season goes on, and especially after he tests so incredibly well, as I expect him to. And then if we're looking forward a little bit, just to kind of go off on a tangent, just a tiny bit, if I'm placing my stamp on someone else coming up, I'm going to look, look ahead a little bit to someone not eligible until 2021. But for you for you guys that are that may have Debbie drafts coming up or even you know just want a guy to keep your eye on heading into the season, Jamar Chase is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on, LSU wide receiver. He was just a freshman this past year, and he only had 23 receptions, 313 yards, and three touchdowns. So this is where you get in on these type of players. You get in now before they blow up their sophomore year because that's exactly what I'm expecting from Jamar Chase. And, Ray, you'll know being a film guy because I kind of try to find a nice balance between film and analytics. But sometimes the analytics just don't tell the full story. Neither does the film. But Jamar Chase is the an example of a player where the analytics just do not tell the full story. Turn on the film with this guy. I see A.J. Brown, but maybe even a more explosive A.J. Brown. I mean, this guy has it. And when I say he has it, his film just jumps off the page. I mean, he's not a huge receiver, but he's incredible in contested catch situations. He always seems to know where the sideline is. And he's a guy that, this is something that I don't think Debbie owners really look at enough, but this is a guy that always tries to get two feet down when he's going out of bounds. And you know, you may hear that and you may think that sounds dumb. Why would you get two feet down when you only need one? But for these players to get two feet down shows you that they're already working on their NFL game. I mean, from a freshman wide receiver, what more could you ask? This is a guy I'm placing placing my stamp on in Debbie Leagues. Trade for him now. Scoop him up now. Scoop up Jamar Chase before he has that explosive sophomore season. You know, I didn't know that. And I like Jamar Chase a lot. But the fact that, and again, the analytics don't show that you've seen on tape and picked up with him trying to get two feet down every time he catches the ball, you know, on the sideline or in the end zone, that's that's really, I mean, I, I put a little note down. Damn, I need to go back and, and check that out for some of these guys. But really like both of those names. And, you know, I had somebody ask me the other day, that, well, that we were kind of discussing like, oh my gosh, I'm ready for college to start because I'm tired of people knocking Jerry Judy down. And I'm with you. Jerry Judy's still my wide receiver one. And I have not moved Judy down. What's happened throughout this offseason is I have actually elevated some guys who, you know, the gap between them is just a lot smaller for me right now. So, yes, Jerry Judy is still my wide receiver one, but players like a C.D. Lamb, I can, you know, when it when it comes down to it, I'm going to look at landing spot. And if Jerry Judy ends up as a, you know, let's just say top five pick and he lands with the Miami Dolphins and C.D. Lamb is drafted, you know, 20th, 21st, and let's just say he goes to Green Bay or he goes to – I don't know, New Orleans or whatever the case may be is a, is a better offensive situation. I would I would not hesitate to take CeeDee Lamb over Jerry Judy if those were the circumstances that played out. So really like both of those guys that you're stamping your name on. And really quick, my guy is Henry Ruggs. I think dynasty owners who don't really pay attention to college football that much are going to be enamored with this kid. His highlight plays, his deep speed, speed kills, we've all... We all want to try to find the next Tyree kill on the field. And we tried to do it with Nicole Hardman and Andy Isabella because they were very, very fast. But Henry Ruggs is faster. Henry Ruggs is more explosive. Henry Ruggs is a bigger body. And Henry Ruggs, not more refined than Andy Isabella as a route runner, but definitely more refined than Nicole Hardman, who was a second round pick. Can you imagine swapping out Henry Ruggs and Nicole Hardman, same offensive situations, 
it would be ridiculous. And I've seen some NFL draft analysts right now ranking Henry Ruggs uh, as a top, you know, 2025 NFL draft pick. So if that happens, if Henry Ruggs is selected with that type of draft capital, with his speed, I'm telling you right now, I would not be surprised to see him go within the top 10 in dynasty rookie drafts next year. So Henry Ruggs is my guy that I'm placing a stamp on now. And I do believe that his game will translate better to the next level. Alabama has so many damn receivers to throw the ball to. You got Judy, you got Ruggs, you got Devonta Smith, you got Jalen Waddle. Then you got Brian Robinson and Najee Harris in the backfield. John Amici, another talented wide receiver that they have. So the volume probably will not be there for Ruggs to put up ridiculous stats. But his game does seem to me uh, to translate very well at the next level. Any quick thoughts on Henry Ruggs, Kyle? Yeah, man, I absolutely love that take. He was someone I was considering putting here 100%. One thing I love about Henry Ruggs is when people are watching film and they see these thin-framed guys absolutely blazing down the field, you know, they kind of think, okay, that guy's fast, but I want the guy that can do it all. Like, it's nice to have the guy that can run fast in a straight line, but give me the more well-rounded player. Take a deeper look at Henry Ruggs. And one thing I absolutely love about this guy's game is Henry Ruggs is a bad, bad man when it comes to contested catch situations. And that's not something I say about many big-framed wide receivers. Henry Ruggs is a smaller guy, but he will go up and snatch the ball from a corner that's an inch or two taller than he is that may have 30 pounds on him. I mean, this guy has no issue blazing a 4-2-8 30 yards down the field. And when it comes to a jump ball situation, this guy will out-jump a corner that's bigger than him. I mean, all it takes is watching, you know, 30 seconds of film on Henry Ruggs, and you'll see that he is the fastest guy on the field. But take that deeper look. You'll see that contested catch ability, and I guarantee once you see that, you'll raise your eyebrows a little bit, and then you'll shoot him up your Debbie ranks. So I absolutely, absolutely love this take. Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, and then deeper than that, uh, you know, like, like Kyle said, that LSU receiver, Jamar Chase, check him out. Now, Kyle, get ready to for your mentions to uh, – light on fire with this next pick that you have. I've already uh, suffered my fair share of backlash, even naming this guy, saying that he you know, may not live up to his hype. But we're going to talk about some Debbie disasters. And these are, you know, and, and I know Kyle will probably touch on this, but as excited as we are about the 2020 class, the fact, the fact of the matter is there's no way on earth that all top 12 picks all top 20 picks are going to hit and become all pro NFL stars. Somebody, and more than not, more players than not, are not going to hit and fire as high as we think they are. So we've got to kind of look at the ones that we think may be a disaster that the Debbie community is very, very high on right now. That, you know, the play throughout the season and things that happen through the pre-draft process may sour Dynasty owners' opinion on these players. So Kyle... I know who you've got lined up right here, so I'm going to let you take it and uh, uh, RIP to your mentions once you say this name. <laughs> well, just to address kind of what you said there at the end about not everyone living up to the hype, I couldn't agree more, and it's tough because there are so many impressive prospects in this class from a film and analytics perspective, but realistically, players get hurt, players have down seasons, and most importantly, players stay in college which is something that people often forget. I mean, right up until, you know, declaration happens, we don't know if DeAndre Swift is going to declare for the 2020 draft. We don't know if Jerry Judy is, Travis Etienne. We can assume, but there's no way of knowing. So that's one thing to keep in mind before you, you know, absolutely trade away the farm for these 2020 picks in Dynasty while these players are crazy impressive. Keep these expectations tempered because while there will definitely be some risers, there there will definitely be some fallers. So definitely something to keep in mind. And getting to my player, RIP to my mentions, I already know. But this is a guy that I'm high on just when it comes to his skill as a wide receiver. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's a fantastic player. He was a huge riser this past season. I'm looking at LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver out of Colorado. And again, no slight against the player. I'm looking purely at his injury. I mean, off-season toe surgery for LaVisca Chenault. The foot has been a lingering issue for him, which is I would say the scariest injury for a wide receiver because it has ended so many careers because they're wide receivers. It's the most important aspect of their game. Precision and route running, speed, foot is extremely important. He played seven games his freshman year, nine games his sophomore year. And if he comes out, puts together a 13-game season, 
then he'll probably be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, and then we will have avoided this Debbie disaster. But let's say this off-season toe surgery lingers into the first few weeks of the season, or let's say it pops up in week seven or week eight. LaVisca Chenault is going to officially translate from someone who's struggled from injuries in the past to just an injury-prone wide receiver who we don't think is ever going to be able to escape these foot injuries. That's why I think if he suffers one more big injury this upcoming season, I think we're just going to see a plummet, honestly. I mean, the talent's going to be there, but he's only going to be selected in the mid to high first round by those people that believe that he will overcome these issues at the NFL level. That's the only reason why I think he's going to be a Debbie disaster. Again, I love the player. Just based on skill, he's my wide receiver three in this 2020 class. But one more season where he plays less than 10 games with a foot injury, and I don't see how we can justify taking him as a top five rookie in this 2020 class. So that's kind of my thought process for LaVisca Chenault. And I'm with you because I have actually come around on LaVisca. I was one of the big naysayers early on this year, and I've come around to really enjoying what he can do on a football field at six foot two, 220 pounds. He's like a tank when he has the ball, and he's shown requisite speed. But like you said, those injuries, and I, I'm not even joking. If you go watch his highlight tape, I think there were certain games. I think it was the Nebraska game, and it was another game I was watching his highlight tapes. And they showed him kind of walking off of the field after he scored a touchdown. And he just looked beaten down. And alluding to the injuries, if you look at how LaVisca Chenault is used, he's running the ball out of the backfield. He's catching bubble screens and flare routes. He gets hit a lot. There weren't many times where I've seen this guy like catch a 15-yard out and just go out of bounds. He's fighting for extra yards. They're, they're throwing him flare routes out of the backfield. He's getting hit every single play, and he did absolutely nothing as a freshman. Couldn't finish uh, the season last year as a sophomore, so I'm with Kyle. If he if he has another injury-plagued season like this, I just, I, I'm not investing. I, I couldn't invest that high draft capital in LaVisca Chanel, and I really, really like the talent, but his usage, he's going to get beat up again. So um, for me... My Debbie disaster, I played it kind of safe here, but I know a lot of people like this wide receiver, and that is University of Texas receiver Colin Johnson. A lot of people like Colin Johnson. You turn on the film and you see him make ridiculous catches. He's got the size. I've read somewhere now, I, while you were talking, I went to the University of Texas website just to double check. They have him listed at 6'6", but I, I know for a fact I saw someone on Twitter that follows UT Athletics say that he's six foot seven, which is ridiculous. But 6'6", 220 pounds, my fear for Colin Johnson is, A, Sam Elliger's improvement on offense and spreading that ball around. B, it was a little Jordan Humphrey's offense last year. And, you know, you just would like to assume that Colin Johnson is going to be that guy. But they've got a lot of other talented wide receivers there. And three, and most importantly, is the Hakeem-Butler sort of parallels. Both playing in the Big 12, same size, same similar skill set. I just fear that that big body, that really, really big wide receiver, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, however tall he is, that lacks that lateral quickness, that does not have great long speed, it's just going to push him down the NFL drafts. I think he does have you know, a unique skill set, but for me, I think that he is somebody that you know, I, I just don't see him going very high in the NFL draft, and I, I, I wouldn't be investing any kind of top Debbie Capital in Colin Johnson. So anything real quick on Johnson or, or my take on LaVisca Chenault? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said here. I, I'm not a huge Hakeem Butler fan, and I wasn't a huge Hakeem Butler fan coming out of college through the entire draft process. And I see Colin Johnson as kind of a poor man's Hakeem Butler, just to kind of give you my thoughts on him. So I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. I could definitely see him being someone that people are high on just because of the size, just because of his highlight grabs. But he's someone that I definitely expect to fall throughout the process. Yeah, and that's, I mean, if, if Kyle's saying a poor man's a keen butler, then that does not bode well for Colin Johnson. So he'll be somebody to pay attention to. And LaVisca Chenault, I am watching every Colorado game I can. He is my most polarizing player, so I want to really see him play as much as possible. Now, let's get some good news and talk about our 2019 Debbie Darlings. These are freshmen who are going to make an impact this fall, and their ADP is probably going to skyrocket up Debbie rankings this time next season. So you better get these guys right now because the buying window for them is about to slam shut. So Kyle, who's your 2019 Debbie Darling? 
I'm looking at John Emery Jr. running back out of LSU. He was the number two running back recruit in the entire nation this past recruiting class. And on film, just looking at his height and weight, you know, he's not a huge back, but just looking at his film, I mean, this guy plays much bigger than you would think just reading his profile. He's He's a bruising physical running back that will carry two DBs on his back 20 yards down the field until he crosses the goal line. Then these two DBs will just fall off his back and he'll just, you know, flex the muscles. And I see stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, could anything represent the LSU running back position better than that play right there? I mean, Leonard Fournette a few years ago, Darius Geis recently, we have these big bruising running backs. And I think John Emery Jr. fits that mold perfectly coming in as a freshman. That's a relatively empty running back group. So I expect him to get a relatively heavy chunk of the workload and then heading into his sophomore year junior year I just expect him to get better and better every year I wouldn't be surprised if he followed that Leonard Fournette Darius Geis path into a potential you know day two pick in the NFL draft because I think he's that talented you know playing in the SEC playing for LSU he's going to be on TV people always keep an eye on that next big LSU running back and he fits that mold perfectly so he's a guy I want in on now even if you want to sell him in season just because he's getting all this you know next big thing running back out of LSU hype. He's someone I want now because no one's really talking about him, but I expect the hype to get pretty loud a month or two from now in season. I'm with you, and you just hit the nail on the head right there. It's it's not going to happen week one or week two, but about a month or two into the season, it's going to be John Emery Jr.'s show. Ed Ordron is not silly. He's going to get this talented freshman the ball. I mean, he he's an absolute beast, and I'm excited about Emory as well. And my Debbie Darling that I am just, I can't wait to watch this kid play. I got to see him play up here in Texas in the high school state championship game. And that is Jordan Whittington running back from the University of Texas, former five-star recruit, highly, highly ranked prospect coming out of high school. He's actually a converted wide receiver. So he played wide receiver running back in high school. And I really, really like that. That shows that he has that pass catching prowess already. But he is up to six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds from six foot one ninety eight in high school. So, I mean, he's got the size, and he is right now operating as the running back one at UT because Keontae Ingram's dealing with a, a minor knee injury. But this kid is dynamic; can do it out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball. He can run in between the tackles. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got size. Right now, I mean, Jordan Whittington is going really, really late. In Debbie startup drafts, uh, you know, fifth round, sixth round, some Debbie drafts, you can get them in seventh or eighth round. I'm telling you right now, before this season is up, there is no way in fantasy football earth that you'll be able to get Whittington that late. This kid is talented. Tom Herman knows how to use his talent. So if you are in a Debbie startup now and it is past round three, round four, round five, and Jordan Whittington is sitting on that board, you need to go get this kid. He can do it all. Three down threat. You will not be disappointed in this young man. Man, I wish we could, you know, disagree more often to, you know, give the listeners some back and forth feedback. But I love this take. Like you mentioned earlier, the running back receiver coming out of high school. I love that combo because we already know that he can catch passes. I don't even need to see it from him at like an extremely extensive level in college because we already know he can do it. And just like you mentioned, he's put on close to 20 pounds, which is exactly what I'm looking for when we're transitioning from wide receiver to running back, as long as they don't put on the weight too fast because that can lead to injury. But it seems like he's taking his time, really dedicating himself to being this stud running back at Texas, taking over that starting role. So I totally agree with you, man. Well, we may have some opportunity to disagree right here because when I saw this name, I was like, what the hell is going on with Kyle? What is he talking about? But then I'll let him talk about this guy, but we're going to do this is our bold prediction show. So every college football season, every year, there are players who aren't on our radar at the beginning of the season that ball out and, you know, end up positioning themselves to be a really high pick in dynasty rookie drafts. So when we're looking ahead, April 2020, Who's one name in this college football landscape, Kyle, that is has the chance to be considered a top 12 pick in dynasty rookie drafts that nobody's really thinking about right now? I'm just looking at the guy that I think is most likely to follow the, you know, Hakeem Butler path, who we're not too high on in season, has a great season, but then we decide that we love him in the draft process because he's this, he's this big receiver who just goes up and gets the ball. 
freak athlete. And that's why I'm looking at Michigan wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. And he's a bit of a, a bit of a post-hype sleeper because he was incredibly highly touted coming out of high school. But he had a relatively disappointing freshman year, around 200 yards, two touchdowns. But he had a, a pretty solid, sneaky, but solid sophomore year at Michigan. Put up, you know, a little over 600 yards, six touchdown range. And he's a guy that I expect to take a pretty big leap heading into his third year, but he has everything I want when it comes to a player that could take that huge leap from now until April. He's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, big body guy, freak athlete, and highly touted recruit. I mean, when it comes time for combine season, people look at these things. I mean, people look that he, that everyone wanted him coming out of high school. People can see that he box jumps some crazy amount, that he just got better year by year. So people are sleeping on Donovan Peoples-Jones now. But if you get in on him right now, watch him improve even further from his sophomore year stats, and then watch his ADP rise even more in the pre-draft in the pre-draft process. When because he has all those traits that everyone falls in love with around that time of year, you'll be happy in the investment in Donovan Peoples-Jones. So when I first saw this name, I was like, Kyle was lost his mind. There's no way on earth he would even be considered as a top twelve dynasty pick. And then I saw Matt Miller's uh, way too early 2020 NFL draft big board. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is 25th on his big board. And that is over players like Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, and Tyler Johnson. So, I mean, Kyle may be on to something. You know, this guy knows his stuff. But Donovan Peoples-Jones is highly regarded by some people in the fantasy football. Not fantasy football, but the NFL draft community. And if he is selected anywhere close that you know if he's inside the top 30 you better believe he's going to be a a top 12 dynasty pick come next year now for me the guy that I have on this list is Anthony McFarlane running back from the University of Maryland Ty Johnson is gone so this will be McFarlane's backfield it's only five foot eight about 208 pounds you could see some places listing at 210 I've seen him at 200 you know anywhere within that 200 we'll just say 58 200 um, he is eligible for the draft in 2020. He really reminds me of Devonta Freeman, that bursty, explosive downhill runner. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Very, very, very talented. I mean, when when they gave him the ball last year, he produced. And if you want to watch a, a game that just you like, who is it? This Anthony McFarlane. Turn on his tape versus Ohio State. He had two runs that I believe went over 70 yards. 70-yard uh, touchdown runs in that game, and it was ridiculous. I mean, running through tacklers, downhill, bursty, compact guy. Um, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, so uh, that's something that he definitely has to improve upon. But in Dynasty, we're always looking for that running back. And if you're not – if you don't have a top five, top at least seven uh, rookie pick in Dynasty drafts next year, you're missing out on Swift. You're missing out on Taylor. You're missing out on ETN. You may miss out on Eno Benjamin. So when you're looking for that next kind of wave of running backs, Anthony McFarlane may have an opportunity to slide in that top 12. What do you think about McFarlane? See, I like that take a lot because I saw you kind of going back and forth, changing your mind a little over this this big riser. But I saw when you finally settled on Anthony McFarlane, kind of nodded my head because I like this take. I mean, just looking at him, bit of a smaller frame. 5'9", 198. You don't see too many 5'9 running backs featured at the NFL level. You were talking about Devonta Freeman. He kind of operates in that range. The reason I think McFarlane could be a big riser, kind of like what you were saying, is he only caught seven passes last year, but he was more than capable on film in the passing game. If he's a guy that can put together, you know, maybe a 20 to 25 plus reception type of season, he's a guy that's going to go from right now, he's kind of viewed as, okay, He's probably not going to be featured at the NFL level. The guy's only 5'9", doesn't really catch passes. Two, you know, maybe a year from now, if he catch passes a lot sophomore, um, going into his third year, it'll be kind of, okay, this guy can catch some passes. He can do some Devonta Freeman type things. And once those comps start rolling around, heading into the 2020 NFL draft, that's a guy that could gain a lot of steam. So I, I really, really like that take. And I really like that you tossed in the Devonta Freeman comp, because I would not have thought, on, thought of that on my own. So I really like that you brought that up, because I think that's a really really nice kind of comparison. Well, there you go. Two guys that uh, may be uh, risers for you dynasty owners in 2020. Now, this is a Debbie show. So all of these great 2020 guys will be gone and we'll be left with the 2021 guys. So 
going into the 2020 college football season, Kyle, who will be the Debbie 101? Now, I know this seems like a very just elementary question, but I think there is some debate amongst who the top guy will be. So interested to hear who you have sitting at 101 uh, this time next year in Debbie drafts. I think there's definitely some debate, but for me, as of right now, if I had to put my stamp on someone, it's pretty clear that it's Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. I mean, just look at what this guy did his freshman year. Just pulled up his stat line right now. 1,250 yards, 12 touchdowns on 114 receptions. This man caught 114 passes as a freshman. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is ridiculous, Kyle. Oh, I mean, no, you're fine. He's just the smallest guy on the field, and I mean... To pull in 114 passes is just nuts. And then looking even further at his rushing stats, 21 carries, 213 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the guy averaged over 10 yards per touch, 10 yards per carry, I mean, which might not really jump off the page, but it's just something else he can do at an elite level. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, if I'm flipping through games on a Saturday and Purdue comes on, I want to watch Rondale Moore, but I don't want to do it to scout him because I don't need to. There's no scouting that needs to be done because I've already seen everything I need to see for me to think that he's going to be elite at the NFL level his freshman season, which is nuts. No one does that. So heading into the 2020 season a year from now, I think it's going to be Rondell Moore just because, I mean, this guy can do it all. He's so exciting. He's going to be Percy Harvin on steroids at the NFL level. You could even compare him to Christian McCaffrey. I know that sounds nuts, but I have a feeling you're not even going to think that that's that insane. He's a guy that just can do it all. He's my bet to be the 101, and I'd bet a good bit that a year from now, he's still sitting at the top of draft boards. I could not agree more. I mean, he is the answer. And I know a lot of people say, well, Justin Ross, six foot four, he's 220 pounds. Justin Ross is a fantastic wide receiver, and I'm taking nothing away from him. But Rondell Moore, it's, again, something that it, you just have to – he is special. There's just something about his game, how he does it. And don't let his size fool you. This kid can squat 600 pounds. He, he is a very thickly built, compact wide receiver. I don't think the Christian McCaffrey comp is out of this world. I don't think the Percy Harvin comp is wrong. For me, he reminded me of a more explosive Steve Smith uh, when he was, you know, and I'm talking about Carolina Panthers, Jake Delhomme, Steve Smith, where he was terrorizing the NFL for years. But however you want to, but but it, it may be a little more McCaffrey-like because you can use him out of the backfield on those jet sweeps. He is the answer. But for the sake of this exercise, I would just throw in Zamir White. And the reason why I'm putting Zamir White here is because, again, we want to find those running backs. Everybody wants to have that stud back. And by all accounts, him coming back off of that ACL injury, he looks like a monster. That's what everybody at Georgia is saying. And if he is back to being Zeus White, as he is nicknamed, I mean, he's going to crush. And Georgia running backs have had a really good track record in the past. And I can see some dynasty owners really considering, you know, being scared off by Rondell Moore's size. Or if Justin Ross isn't as fast as we think he may be, there may be some people that say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go with Zamir White. Even though he's got those new injuries, you know, I'll, I'll get a good player and worry about how long he's on my roster for uh, later on. But I, I believe that Rondell Moore is the right answer. I can definitely see Zamir White making a push as that top running back in uh, 2021. Any thoughts on White real quick, Kyle? Yeah, I love it, man. I mean, after DeAndre Swift, as we assume, enters the 2020 NFL draft, Zamir White will hopefully, fingers crossed, be healthy, and he'll have that backfield mostly to himself. The dude's going to be a cheat code next season. I could definitely see him to be a dark horse. He's actually my running back one if we're looking past this 2020 draft. So I totally agree with everything you mentioned there. This is, uh, this is your time, Kyle, to tell the listeners where to find you at. Uh, let us know what you have going on. And I know you're in school, so just how engaged are you going to be able to be with the community over the next couple of months? Well, it's it's tough, man. I'm, I'm going to be doing as much as I can to, you know, stay active on Twitter. But it's tough because I'm heading into this fourth year at UF, you know. Got to keep my priorities straight, but one of those priorities is fantasy football. So, you know, I'm just doing everything I can to stay as interactive as I possibly can on Twitter. Um, one thing I'm doing right now, now is every week of the preseason, I'm dropping a piece on Dynasty Nerds that's just kind of looking at the top performers from that week and, you know, giving a little two to three sentence write up on that player and just determining whether I think they're a an add in stash, 
add and sell high or leave on the waiver wire. So that's kind of something I'm taking part in every time a slate of preseason games comes through, and I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, I'm just just kind of enjoying my time on Twitter, just meeting new people and, and giving my two cents. You know, that's pretty much it. And give us your Twitter handle one more time for those who may not have it. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at DynastyFF underscore Kyle M. Uh, slide in the DMs if you want to chat, ask me any questions. You know, feel free to just reach out to me on Twitter. Always happy to talk. Appreciate that, Kyle. And before I get you out of here, I just want one name. No explanation. You don't have to uh, to to expound upon this name. But given the fact that you have followed preseason so closely, Give us one guy that we need to go grab right now off that waiver wire who has shown you something in preseason that dynasty owners need to get right now. Just give us a name. If he's there, Keyshawn Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. Before we end the show, I want to end with a positive quote. You know I'm all about the positive vibes. So this is a quote by Dr. Henry Link, and it says, We generate fears while we sit. We overcome them by action. And I could not agree more. When I first started this podcast, I was absolutely terrified to do it. If you go back to listen to episode one, you can probably hear the fear in my voice. But to overcome those fears, you just got to do it, man. And I don't care if it's podcasting writing for a fantasy football site, applying for that new job, whatever it is in your life. You know, if you just sit back and let those fears paralyze you, you'll never be able to go out and overcome them by action. So just get up, go grind, go do it, put those fears aside and don't let them conquer you. You are the master of your fate and captain of your soul. So go make it happen. I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. If you have not subscribed to the show please do so. And while you're at it, if you can just take like five seconds and leave a five-star rating and review, I would really, really appreciate that. But I hope you guys have a fantastic week, college football this weekend. I'll be doing some stuff with DLF, previewing some of those games. So make sure you check that out. Hey, other than that, you know what's next, drop the music. <laughs>